and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and we can see these represented in modern day content, so you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I hope you had a very happy and safe Halloween last week. I'm back from California, where I had a fantastic time at BlizzCon and Disney, but if you are listening to this on release day that Thursday, I'm pretty sure I'm comatose in bed with jet lag, so send over a thought for your monster podcaster today, she probably needs it. But I do also hope you really enjoyed the Halloween episode. It was a lot of fun to cover with Bigfoot, finally. But this week, we are heading over to the other side of the world, to the lovely California that I was just in, and popping over to the outback for something that you might see falling out of trees to get you if you're a tourist. We are looking at the drop bear this week, an Australian cryptid, that is very much related to the cosy and chlamydia-infested koala of this region of the world. So, what is a drop bear? Well, in short, it's a koala. It's a marsupial that is around the same size as a large dog, with grey or mottled orange fur, and they live in eucalyptus trees of the Aussie outback. They have fuzzy ears, clawed feet and hands, with a large black nose. They are pretty heavily built, with strong arms for climbing said trees, and in contrast to usual koalas, they are vicious creatures that have long, sharp teeth and an odd hatred for tourists. They are also carnivores, which makes them the complete opposite to their herbivorous cousins. Drop bears usually hunt from the trees, where they will wait up to eight hours for prey to sit perfectly below their perch, where they will drop as far as 10 metres to pounce on top of them. They will then bite the victim with their sharp teeth on the neck or face, and if the prey is small enough, they will retreat with it back up to their hiding place to eat, without being disturbed by other predators. Unfortunately, some of their victims are indeed human children, or even adults, and they would get bitten or scratched within an inch of their life. They are known to attack larger prey, such as kangaroos and wallabies too, as well as the smaller Australian furry animals, such as quokkas and all those kind of things. Drop bears are more likely to attack tourists of Australia, and are sometimes reported to be able to speak, but will only do so in an Australian accent. Australians believe that drop bears tend to attack tourists due to the immense amount of the natural repellent Vegemite that Australians eat on a daily basis, therefore exuding this through their skin at all times, whilst tourists of course do not have this natural protection. It's also believed that they can decipher Australian accents from non-Australian and are more likely to attack the unfamiliar foreigners. They are mostly found in the southeast region of Australia, within the regions of New South Wales, Victoria, the Capital Territory, and the island of Tasmania to the south. So actually, when I say the outback, it's more of a fun turn of phrase that we refer to as Australia over here in the UK. This monster is very much not in the outback. 
and it's probably in the most densely populated parts of Australia with lots of trees and water. So I apologise for any confusion, it's just very natural to say. They do much prefer leafier habitats where they can get into the trees to get their prey and generally kip where they can, although it is always away from human habitations. In terms of powers, they don't really have any bar their tactical manoeuvring and the long claws and teeth, honestly. However, they do have some weaknesses. One way to stop any drop bear attack is to smear the Australian yeast extract we mentioned earlier, Vegemite, all over your face, as apparently they just hate it. If you are listening in the UK, of course, this is just the Australian Marmite, but if you're anywhere else in the world, it's a thick black paste that is super salty, but it does taste exceptionally good on toast with butter. It's a very much love or hate it. In fact, that is the slogan of both Vegemite and Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. Another repellent is toothpaste behind the ears, or to have numerous forks in your hair to dissuade them from attacking. But most of the time, Attacks are accidental and there have been absolutely no reported deaths from drop bears. We're not sure about their population, reproduction or lifespan though, but it is assumed that they are very similar to their cousin the koala, who live for about 12 to 18 years and give birth to live young known as joeys who live in their pouches. Koalas do tend to be solitary creatures except if they are a mother and child, so you might just get an occasional one drop out, who knows. But now moving on to etymology, drop bear is mostly based on the action of how they attack their prey. However, bear comes from the koala, as it is sometimes mistaken for a bear due to its big nose, ears and paws. However, koalas are actually marsupials, meaning that they carry their young in their pouches, much like kangaroos and wallabies. They do have a Latin name though, which is Thylarctos plumatus, the latter explaining itself, but the Arctos in Latin means bear. But, because these two creatures are so similar, the koala and the drop bear, I will tell you about the koala's etymology, because you may not know. Koala is a Sydney Aboriginal, or Dwarag word for no water. However, when the English settlers came to Australia, it was commonly referred to as the native bear, which then was adapted into the koala bear and has stayed the same ever since, because some people do still call it the koala bear, even though it is not. Now, it's about time I stop having you on. This monster is a well-known hoax, and it is always so much fun to cover these seriously for the first section before revealing it. I really do revel in talking about them as if they're serious monsters. But yes, this monster is fictional, but all fictional monsters come from something, so that is the history we are going to go into today. The history of the drop bear is actually really interesting, and it's because we just don't quite know when it started, or when this rumour started to be picked up. We do know that it was first mentioned in print in the 1920s and 30s in Australia, as people were discussing how koalas were having aggressive interactions with people, and this was followed up with numerous newspapers in the 1940s, where trainee soldiers were told to scale trees for sniping positions, and they were given two shillings for every koala they spotted. In 1946, 
a report came over from Burma, which was controlled by the Japanese at the time, that the Australians were holding Japanese prisoners of war with rabid koalas. And actually, I have a summary of the report. It describes how the Australian guards cowered in fear while the brave Japanese prisoners fought off the koalas, an act for which they were rewarded. There are various versions of the story that have the prisoners either using the guards' rifles or bamboo sticks to fight off the koalas, and also varying types of rewards. So, it was mostly army folklore, which was well apt for the time, due to the ongoing World War II in Europe, as well as the Burmese War. Then this was followed by Australia's involvement with Vietnam in the 1960s. In regards to Australia's history, the British claimed the East Side when James Cook landed there in 1770, and eventually in 1901, the Brits gave Australia its Commonwealth status to make its own laws. But the British sovereign is still the head of Australian government today in 2023. And so King Charles III is both the head of the UK and Australia as sovereign, as well as all of the other Commonwealth countries that are still under the Commonwealth. But it's why Australia was involved with a lot of these wars all the way on the other side of the globe. The drop bear myth continued up to the 1980s, where the rabid koala joke had developed into more of an inside joke for Australians. In 1982, the Canberra Times printed a birthday column saying, Tam, beware of drop beers in the future. For sure, totally love Clint. I had to do it in an Aussie accent, I'm so sorry, it's the best one that I do. We don't know who Clint or Tam are, but this was also backed up by the Paul Hogan show in the 80s, who was, of course, the Crocodile Dundee, where they did a sketch called Kutamundra Hojas, where the killer koalas would silently just drop out of trees onto people. There are still pieces published about the drop bear to this day. The Australian Museum's website has a whole page dedicated to it, as if it is a real animal, and it actually has an exhibit within the building itself for the drop bear that states may or may not be related to actual drop bears. The Australian Geographic did an article back in 2013 about drop bear attacks on the rise for April Fool's Day which I'll pop on the Twitter because it is a really great read. It's very, very satirical, but very funny. I do think a great summary of this monster, though, is one that I found on the Australian Geographic's actual article on the myth from Ian Coate, who's a folklorist, who said this, Just like Vegemite, we Aussies all know about it, but for someone overseas, it's quite a foreign concept and in a country crawling with so many other dangerous animals like snakes, spiders and crocodiles, for the uninitiated international visitor, the drop bear can sound like a plausible threat. Now, we do have to talk about real-life comparisons to the koala here. I know that we've touched on it, but the koala is a really important part of the Australian national image. It's one of the two characters that personify Australia, the other being the kangaroo, but both of these are marsupials, which are mostly found in Oceania. Also, it's not unlikely that a koala could fall onto you from treetops. They sleep for 12 hours a day on the highest of trees. It's not uncommon that they would sometimes fall off onto unsuspecting people, and I don't imagine they like falling as much as we would, 
and maybe would get their claws out to stop themselves if landing on a person, which is even in an Aesop fable, it's that common. Koalas are also used to explain to children to not sit under gum trees, just in case they do break off. And another fun fact is that eucalyptus is highly flammable, I guess as are koalas? So it might have even been used to dissuade people from lighting fires under their leaves and causing massive outbreaks of wildfires. Koalas are also extremely territorial, so they can actually get pretty aggressive with people, and they are generally quite gross, and they aren't particularly fond of us anyway. I personally wouldn't pick one up, I know you can get pictures taken with them, but they just don't particularly look very pleasant. There was, however, a real version of a drop bear way back in the Ice Age, called the Thylociolo carnifex, which is thought to have been a type of marsupial that was around the size of a big cat. Bones of this Ice Age marvel were found back in 2010, and they have found that they would be most likely to be tree-dwelling, and they have the skulls of modern koalas. So these very well might have existed 12,000 years ago with the indigenous aborigines of the time. But do I think that they existed long enough to make an impact and be called drop bears out of anything? No, no I do not. Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first-level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. But now on to modern media. I've mostly covered koala-based media here, but there are a few drop bear-specific bits, just really not enough to fill this out. For art, have a look at the impression from news network CNN for a really funny version of a drop bear, but otherwise, independence, as always, is best with cryptids. You'll find the best artwork this way. Pop it into Google, see what you get. Unrelated to art or modern media, though, there's also an alcohol-free beer company called Drop Bear Beer, which has a really cool koala logo and a fun facts page on their website about the Drop Bear too. In movies, though, we have Carnifex, The Rescuers Down Under, Sing... Back to the Outback and the Wild. For TV, we have Family Guy, Digimon, The Quickie Koala Show, The Noozles, Heaven's Design Team, Koala Man, American Dad, We Bear Bears, Moffley the Last Koala, and Adventure Time. In video games, we have ones such as Escape Velocity, Path of Exile, Tire the Tasmanian Tiger, Animal Crossing, The Battle Cats, Crash Bandicoot, Pokemon, Starbound, Temtem, Zork, and Yokai Watch 3. My book recommendation this week for the kids is Drop Bear by Ian Coate, who was the author I mentioned earlier. It's a really fun little book about drop bears and koalas, but for adults interested in Indigenous Australia, have a look at From the Dreamtime Australian Aboriginal Legends by Jean A. Ellis for some lovely stories from this part of the world 
and from their folklore. It truly is a beautiful piece of the world and their history is just so rich. But now it's time for... Do I think they existed? No, but that's a given, surely. I do, however, fully believe and have seen koalas in real life. And I do just think the Australians have a fantastic inside joke to the rest of us that you can now all be a part of. If you now go to Australia and someone tells you to look out for drop bears, you can tell them to sod off, completely in the knowledge of what that means. They're having you on. I also really like the commitment to the joke, in all honesty, especially from these news outlets and museums. It shows that, again, people do really like to embrace their heritage and the folklore that make up the land around them, and that just makes me very happy as a folklorist. Now, I know a lot of Aussies, and this is a very typical Australian piece of humour, and I love it. It's silly, and a tourist is very much the butt of the joke. It's hilarious. Koalas, though, are a bit dumb, and they're a little bit unpredictable, so this does just happen by accident sometimes. So at least you're kind of forewarned if you end up either being hit by one or seeing one that has already hit the ground, I suppose. But what do you think? Does the drop bear fall out of the sky onto unsuspecting tourists in Australia? Let me know on Twitter. I would love to know what you think about this one. It's a great monster for this week, though. I really do like going over to Oceana for monsters, and I love Australia, as they are always really fun to research and are usually quite different to anything we get over here in the West. I do hope that if you are Australian and listening to this, that I did the drop bear proud. Also, just a note, please don't shout at me in the comments because I've called things a myth monster. That is just what they are widely considered to be. I'm not the decider here on if they are a myth monster. I am just a messenger. This goes for any of my monsters that I cover from anywhere. I give you the research I found and my personal opinion on them. That is all. Moving on though, next week we're heading over to India and Ethiopia on the other side of the world and we're looking at a strange mythical wolf, the Krakota. Make sure that you're keeping a lookout for this quick hyena next Thursday. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, Threads, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can be found at MythMonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes. <laughs> <laughs>